welcome back to Journey Through Justice, episode 9, uh, part 2 of How We Talk About Race Matters. Michelle, where did we leave off last week? Uh, last week we were talking about... Oh, yeah, I remember, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was real good. That was Let's bad. get in it. Yeah, that was good. No, so we, we ended last week on, um, you know, talking about how we talk about race matters, and Michelle, you were alluding to, um, kind of go back to what you were saying. I was going to say, you going to let me tell my story? No, well, you can finish what you were saying. Okay. Yes. So, I was sharing that I took Undivided. And in that, I was talking to a woman afterwards, a white woman, and I, you know, we were talking about, you know, just the content. And uh, she was like, something to the effect of, um, I'm intimidated by you. I was intimidated by you. And I asked her why, and she, what it flushed out to be was she was basically taken back by my confidence and what it was that I was sharing. And so in that moment, I, I said that, I'm like, so should I shrink back my confidence for someone that was kind of the question I was asking you last week just because you I'm confident does that mean I have to submit submit to your insecurity and not have that conversation because you are insecure about it so So what that brought me back to I don't remember what episode it was but we were talking about I forget where it was we were going to but it, it ended up being the difference between ignorance and fear and Oh, okay. I remember this episode. Okay. Okay. So, the the episode ended, some, I want to go back and listen to it, but with Petra yelling, preach, 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 and <laughs> Michelle doing just that. So, and, and it's not like you attacked me by, in any, I said you came at me. Um, but you yeah, didn't, that is what you said last yes, week. You, you said, I came you at you. And me. I was offended just by you saying Perception. that. Let me explain that. Yeah. Right? Because I think you did. I felt like you did come at me. Not in a mean way. Not in a way that's, like, condemning me. I, you and I are close. We're good friends. In that moment, I was intimidated to, by you in that moment. Not are you why? sure you were intimidated by me or by the truth? I don't think it was the truth. Okay. Because I didn't disagree with what you said. So how did I intimidate? I'm sorry. Because you know now. By right? Like this? What, what about this? So... When I, in talking, right, when I, especially in the topic that I'm passionate about, I want to make sure that what I'm saying is what I'm trying to say. So, I might not, I might not be yelling everything, I might not be saying everything quickly. There were times when we were having that discussion where I was trying to formulate my thoughts, and I couldn't get them out because you responded before I could talk. Another thing, and this comes from knowing you well, you're very visually demonstrative when you are reaffirming or when you disagree do you know what i'm saying you're looking at me like you're confused well because that's a very strong word which word demonstrative like that's your facial expressions the way that you like your demonstration the words that you say or responses i don't if i'm i'll give an example if i'm in if i'm praying and i say something that sticks with you you don't say quiet right I mean, I, I talk all the time. But I'm, I'm giving you an example. Like, so he's, it, just, he's just saying that yeah, you're very expressive. He hasn't gotten to the point yet. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying that if I'm saying something you agree with, I can see on your face that you agree with me. If I'm saying something you're confused about, like right now, I can see on your face that you don't necessarily agree with me. No, not that I don't agree. It's that or I'm understand. confused. Okay. I'm trying to understand right. you. So, okay. So yes. you can see her emotions. Right. So when I was having that conversation, when we were having that conversation on air... As I was trying to formulate my thoughts, I'm trying to say them faster so I can get something in, right? You're, the way that you were looking at me was giving me, like, every word that's coming out, I felt like I had to be careful what I said because, like, you're looking at me now, your eyes are getting a little more closed every word that comes out, and I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And Why? so, because I didn't, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know where it was going. And so, I, as I'm formulating my thoughts... I'm trying to read your expression as I'm talking. I don't know if this is making sense to anybody or not. Continue. But Megan's over there like yes. See if it makes sense. So you don't even realize you're doing it. No, I know exactly what I'm doing. Okay, never mind then. I take that back. I apologize. So I didn't say I, I I I was very intimidated because I don't think I ever I was agreeing with what you were saying, but it almost felt like everything that was coming out of my mouth 
was not being met with you not being what's what I'm trying to say receptive yes okay so you were intimidated because she wasn't necessarily agreeing with everything that was going not out agreeing your mouth? not agreeing no I felt like I couldn't share with you what it was that I was feeling and I shared this with a little bit with you the, I think it was the next day or the day after on my drive to work we were chatting I didn't go into the demonstrative details but I can tell you don't understand what I'm saying right now no I don't so let me let me try to clarify yes so as as you're trying to articulate whatever idea that that you have coming out your mouth right you can't find the exact words mm -hmm. so first of all you're not really articulating what you really mean to say mm -hmm. and then as the words that are that are kind of like coming out which was like I think it's ignorance mm -hmm. and not necessarily fear and Michelle was like, but I want to get down to that root. So Michelle was like, no, I, I want to pinpoint and let me explain why I believe it's fear. You find yourself backtracking because you're intimidated that Michelle disagrees with your like ignorance versus fear. And so then you find yourself changing the argument in your head because mm -hmm. you're reading her facial expressions and you're reading her body language and you're like, okay. I need to adjust what I say to her because I don't want her to believe that we're not on the same side. Yes. Well done. Good job. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> so, then we're, at the so end. then we're back to the point that my confidence that I... I, I it's just an observation. He's not saying yeah, it's right or wrong. Yeah. But, I, do, but I, I, I get that from you. That's what I'm feeling like in this moment that the way... Um, you perceive me was wrong and that's and i think that's the thing yes. that that but but that's what i'm saying that's yeah. that is a general thing among white people is that that's it's this whole that exactly yes. what you're saying yeah. so but then it leaves people to believe that we shouldn't have these conversations because we can't be expressive about things that we deal with every day great and now let us segue into the racist history of the definition of civility <laughs> let's segue into it so <laughs> we're gonna talk about if you're gonna talk about the, the topic how we talk about race matters the first thing we have to do is acknowledge that white folks um, who created our democracy and who mm -hmm. created you know the idea of what civil and non-civil is we first have to understand the two different cultures of whiteness and blackness so if we can both, I think we are all in agreement here that the American culture, Western culture is dominated and created by whiteness, mm -hmm. right? Whiteness is the norm. Black culture, I can be talking to Michelle and I can be having these same expressions and squints on my face and we can be talking very loudly to each other. And do we understand that we're not yelling at the top of our lungs? Mm -hmm. Okay. And That's I don't get same, offended. And you're not offended. Mm -hmm. And you can be, you, we can even be like talking and interrupting each other. Yeah. And like Petra, like, yeah, mm -hmm. like we did at dinner the other night. <laughs> yes. yes. Right. And just how we talk here. And we're like, that's so, that, this is, this is civil discourse. This is a, this is a rousing conversation. This is fun. We can even get loud and then we can, and we can laugh it off when we're mm -hmm. done. Right. And we understand that's our cultural discourse. That same exact conversation, that same exact tone cannot be had with a white person mm -hmm. and have and have it be understood in, in the same context. Sure. Okay. And so we have to at least put that on the table mm -hmm. that now whiteness says the way that you and Michelle talk to each other is aggressive. And now I feel aggressed and you guys are angry black women. And I need you to tone that down. Mm -hmm. So what they're really saying is, can you whitewash this conversation so that I do not feel intimidated by your blackness? And we call that civil. And that's kind of because I can have this exact conversation with her and she wouldn't receive it that way. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, it, it sounds like exactly what she's saying. So that right. I'm not arguing with that. But here's my thing. If we're going to talk about race, how do we overcome that? Because we, that happened. I felt that way. I'm still talking to you about it. Like, you and I had this discussion to an extent after that happened. Like, we talked a little bit about it. So, I'm willing to have that conversation with you because we're in relationship together. Mm -hmm. You're having that conversation with someone who you're not in relationship with. 
Well, most of the time I'm trying not to have those conversations with people that I'm not in relationship with because it leads to that, that whole, well, let's shut down this black person because they're very passionate about something that impacts them every day. And that is well, a level. Well, I wasn't trying to shut you down. No, not you. I know, but. but I said with co- people I'm not in relationship sure, with. But, so with me sharing what I, so taking what you said, Petra, about civility and me saying about what, how I felt with all of that. Did you feel like I was trying to whitewash the conversation with me sharing how I felt? Not how you felt, but how you wanted to turn it around. I, I applaud anyone who shares how they feel, but how do I you want to can, turn it around? You wanted me to tone down my passion. You Did were I? intimidated. You were you said that you were intimidated. Yes. Now that's not my problem. I understand, but I'm not asking you to turn on your passion. Why are you acting like you were like <laughs> Cedric's over here, like refereeing something? This is so good. I'm so glad this is happening live. Me and her, this is real. This, this is like right this now. is like a preview. Like this is a this is a this is a movie theater conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are the conversations that you and I have yes, often about different we things. Do. But we do. We do. I by no means want to to extinguish your flame i mean that is one of the things i love most about you but and i'm not talking about you i'm talking about other people i know but what i experienced is what other people experience so so i experienced it that way if if i okay say we're not as close as, as you and i are and i experienced it that way and we leave that conversation and never talk about it again you know because you know my heart that i'm not trying to whitewash you if you don't know my heart you're assuming i am but I've experienced people who have. Exactly. So, so I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, so I'm not trying to whitewash you. I'm not trying to or to tell you to stop being so passionate. If you're asking me what, what, what would I have wanted in that situation? That's a good question. I would have wanted... Here we go. I, yes, exactly. What I would have wanted in that situation, which doesn't make it right, but what I would have wanted was the opportunity to get my thoughts together. You see what I'm saying? So then it sounds like you wanted patience in the... So my passion isn't the issue. It's the fact that you would have wanted me to wait to hear what you had to say. Because that's what you Can just you said. Can you give us an example, like, of what that would look like if she was waiting on the words to come out? Can you give us, like, a fake conversation? Like, a fake You want to reenact it? Yes. <laughs> no, I don't. Let's do it right now. <laughs> No, what, I, I think like, what does patience look like as opposed to what she was doing? Like, can you describe what I think patience there were times that you were asking you? Like, you would pause and wait for my response. And my response, what I was trying to get from my head to my mouth, was being not filtered, but constructed as it was coming out of my mouth. That's I would say that's thing. a filter. That's a good thing. It, yes, I'm not, but I'm not saying, here's what I'm thinking. How do I say it so Michelle hears it? I have, like, when you're, when you're talking, I have all these thoughts going on. And I'm trying to figure out how to say it in a way that makes sense to me. Right? I'm trying to yeah, make sense yeah, of my yeah, thoughts yeah. as they're coming out. Yeah. In a perfect ideal situation, I sit here and formulate my thoughts and then have them come out. I felt rushed. Okay. I felt like I had to, like, when you're passionate, and, and me a lot when I'm passionate as well, I go. Right? Like, I, I don't mince for words. There's no, I forget to breathe when I get passionate. Okay. There was no, I didn't feel like there was an opportunity for me to express. So myself. you're saying when having conversations of race, patience, and hearing someone's thoughts? On both sides. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to tell you that I'm sorry in that space that um, I didn't give you an opportunity for you to formulate your thoughts. And I am very quick. I'm very quick about anything. Um, but that doesn't make it right um, because I believe that you are correct that when you give someone space to speak, that other person can be heard. And that's valuable. Um, and so I just want to say that I'm sorry and mm-hmm. that I ask that you would forgive me. I do. And I love you. I love you too. Grant, oh, go ahead. this is a great opportunity for you to repent Absolutely. as well. Can you model that? <laughs> yes, I can. So... <laughs> We need to get her to repent for something at some point. Have you realized that? <laughs> She's over here just throwing that R word around here. She hasn't had to do anything That's yet. That's mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry for 
it, it for really for white, trying to whitewash the conversation. And I apologize that when we sometimes when we have these conversations, that I don't take your experiences to heart when we're discussing them. So, will you forgive me? I forgive you. Well, thank you. Yes. And that is how we can talk about race. A pause. <laughs> I think this is good. And great that we've modeled that. But I also this think was that... hard, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Chess is over here right? <laughs> But I, here's what I think. Anybody, like, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, right? You and I are willing to unpack that. That is in. That is not the norm for these conversations. We weren't recording this thing, were we? <laughs> yes. That's good. Yes, and that was good. good. No, that was good. That was good because you were uncomfortable. Very. I was uncomfortable. My face was Everyone uncomfortable. but Petra was uncomfortable. Everybody over here is uncomfortable. She, she's over here. Petra's over here just stroking the fire. She's like, yep, yeah. People looking like they on the beast or something. They on the banshee. <laughs> People got their heads down. Like, oh, but, but here's the thing. Peter's got his head on the table. <laughs> yeah, I'm passing. I was, I was terrified. Yeah, well, those of you who are just tuning in, I'm doing this for a second week in a row, so surprise. But no, is here. <laughs> that was good because of this. Well, Petra's chomping on the podcast. Yeah, she called him She did. Yeah. But anyways, that was good because many people are listening to what Michelle's saying, and they're able to identify with that. They're saying yes, 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 and many folks. Many white are listening to me and saying, yes, I can identify with that. And so I think by us walking through that uncomfortable experience, it shows people the, I would say, ideal outcome of that situation. So let me ask you this. How do you get to that point if you're not close like we are? How do you have conversations on race? How do you, when we say how we talk about race matters... What this last 17 minutes tells me is not only does how we talk about race matters, but how understanding how others talk about race matters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we can't just be willing to come to the table and have the conversation. So we're on episode nine. At episode one, we were willing. This we were excited. We were willing to come to the table and have this conversation. Episode one, and now we're we're starting to understand. Speaking for myself, how others talk about race. I raise my hand. Yeah. I can go. Oh, yes. I think they say this in Undivided, you which is... You don't need permission on your own podcast. You're so <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being funny. Um, they say this in Undivided, and I think for the first time I understood what they meant. Um, be willing to be offended. Mm. Both of us were offended in that moment. Like, I'll be honest. As you were sharing that, I'm like, what the... I could see it. <laughs> and and, and yeah. in that space, um, be willing to be offended, mm-hmm. but also be willing to repent. Yes. And repentance, you don't necessarily, even there are spaces that you said that, I, that you shared I still disagree with. I care more about our relationship and growth than I care about whether or not to be right. Mm. And, and I love what Pastor Eric Mason said. Is it better to be right or to be holy? Mm. And in this moment, it was better for, for me, for you, to be holy. And I'm sure there are things that you, you could still disagree with. But the reality is be willing to be offended. Willing to be offended. Not, not just be willing. Mm. Know that it's going to happen. But also be willing to repent and not have a justification for why you should or shouldn't repent. And, and I think that whole thing that we just did to me speaks volumes of our society we didn't disagree on what we said we disagreed because of how we said it Hmm. you know like i think that if we were to look the majority of society specifically this country would say people who are of color and who are not of color should be treated the same i would be willing i would put everything i have on the line to say that the majority of folks who are Republicans believe that, just as those who are Democrat. But I think where we're struggling right now is we can't have those conversations because we're not willing to understand where the other person is coming from or how they're having those conversations. So at the heart of the problem isn't necessarily, now for some folks there are, but the heart of the problem isn't necessarily, is there injustice? The heart of the problem is, is I'm not willing to understand how you even 
get to the table to have that conversation, to have that talk with you. So I'm going to interject here and say, shocking. The reason that we can't, <laughs> you should too. <laughs> the reason that we can't have, so we want to be like we should all treat each other the same, right? And that's just a blanket. That's just we want to be able to get to that step. That step is way out here. And for you can't see me. I'm moving my hand <laughs> far away. So like that step is like you know, Z. We want to get to Z. We want to get to the finish line and say, and therefore we should all be treated the same. But we don't want to do the research and we don't want to put in the time and we don't want to do the effort to understand first how we are all different and why that is okay. And I think another thing is when people get offended, they get defensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think that, and media does a lot to fuel this, but when we think about when... society thinks about race they see two things they see black lives matter and they see whatever the total opposite of that is mm-hmm. like like if you are someone who for some reason like we talked with chip a couple weeks ago you know it feels like there's you're either black lives matter or blue lives matter right like there's it's mm-hmm. one or the other we we don't ever look like you said petra to do the research and understand like it's not an extreme either way it's a false dichotomy yes yes and so like, we're, as a society, not even willing to come to the table because we're turned off because I don't understand the way that you talk, uh, just talk, right? And you don't understand what reason He's pointing that, at me. Yeah, sorry, sorry. He doesn't Michelle. understand the way Michelle talks. There you go, the way Michelle talks. <laughs> and Michelle doesn't understand the way that I react to how she talks, right? Mm-hmm. And that, I think, it speaks to a larger problem in what we're talking about and dealing with when it comes to race. So you said when people who get, are you who's you I'm <laughs> hot. Yes. You said that when people get offended, they, they become defensive. defensive. What can you elaborate on that? What do you mean? I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> I hate getting pumped. You know what I'm saying? Like you hate feeling like you're the lesser in the conversation. That's with everyone. I feel like because I know if someone's gonna talk down to me, then I'm gonna be like, well, who are you? You know what I'm saying? And it's just, I think that's when it gets tough. Is because there's there's people who know too much in the in the types of conversation when it comes to race. There's people who know too much, and there's people who don't know enough. Mm-hmm. So if those two people end up having a conversation, someone's going to get offended. And if they know too much, they're going to get defensive. And if they don't know enough, they're going to get defensive. Mm. So I just feel like if... if uh, there's just a way to bridge that gap maybe it would be easier Mm. yeah and that's through empathy and story Mm -hmm. because you can have all the knowledge in the in the world you can be as dumb as a box of rocks right Mm -hmm. but no one can argue your story no Mm -hmm. No, i can be like i can't be like hunt that's not true that didn't happen to you Uh, that's your story so i can't disagree with your story i can't disagree with your experience Mm -hmm. Like, that is how you experience it. That's your story. And I think where we go wrong is... Trying to argue someone's story. Right. We're trying, to, we're trying to argue a side. Well, this side and that side, we're trying to argue a side. We're not saying, well, you know, this is, this is, this is what happened to me. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what happened to me once. And someone's like, oh, man, okay, that happened to you that way? Oh, man, I'm sorry that happened to you. Well, let me, let me tell you what happened to me. And now we have both shared a story and we found a commonality. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to agree or disagree with your story. It's right. just like, now I just gained a piece of knowledge about you. And it's like, okay. And, I, and we can just leave it there. Thank you for, thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and that's kind of like what happened here between Grant and Michelle. is like being like, well, I felt this way. And and it wasn't like I felt this way and therefore you were wrong. It was like this is how I felt. Okay, well this is how I felt. And, and, I, and think I think that's where the struggle is. I think that's where the struggle is, is that in our conversation we expressed how we felt and neither one of us I mean, there were some things I disagreed with, but I wasn't necessarily saying how he received it was wrong. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's where people struggle with. If you tell each other your stories and what we're dealing with in today, people are trying to point out that your story is wrong. How you perceived it was wrong. And I think that is what hurts a conversation. I can say that I disagree with you, which is fine. But to say that you are wrong is too, that sounds the same, but it's really different. Mm -hmm. So are you about to help me out? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> in the immortal words of Hunt, I don't know. Um, I have no clue. Oh, no, um, no I, 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 God, um, God spoke to me. I texted you this today. You never responded to it. Thanks, Michelle. But I texted you today. Um, but you do that often. But um, anyways, that's neither here nor there. That's for a, that's for a separate uh, podcast. But anyways, so I was I was scrolling through Facebook as as a as a good person does when they're trying to kill time. And I came across a video on Netflix from a TV show that I never have seen in my life, Queer Eye. And so I never thought the guy would speak to me through Queer Eye. Um, but it was shared. It's and a it, TV show on Netflix? It is. Queer Eye. Queer Eye for the straight guy is now yeah. Queer Eye on Netflix for those of you who don't know. There you go. What? What I miss? Anyway, anyway, this show is called Queer Eye. Netflix. <laughs> that's all you need. Oh, okay. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. You're Sorry. good. Um, and so it, the the title of this the shared on Facebook from Netflix is proud Qu- proud Christian loving mother profoundly inspiring. Thank you Queer Eye for blessing us blessing us with Mama Tammy. And so I watched it, and so I thought, what in the world? It is not what I expected to see on on a on a Netflix thing. And the videos, I love the video. But one of the things that she says, let me pull this up from the text that wasn't responded to. Hold on. Um, <laughs> it, it's something along the lines that she said you can't evangelize and antagonize mm. Ooh, you can't evangelize, evangelize and antagonize at the same time yes and so like when she said that it was like a dagger into me uh, because as Hunt said last week I've always been one that has enjoyed debating and debating when I'm passionate about something and my wife will tell you that this is something that I do I often, um, and I shouldn't, but I antagonize even when I'm trying to debate something that I'm passionate about. And I do that sometimes. I'm not saying you did. I'm not following this. No, I'm trying to follow you. Yeah, but sometimes I will ask questions to make people see the error in their ways. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to. That was so random. That was random. Condescending. That's so oh, condescending. Yes. Just, that just made me laugh. Well, yeah, but but. I'm just trying to figure. It out. <laughs> you, like, go to, ahead, to, to, you be so translate con- again. To be so condescending. No offense. No, it is that you're like. I'm asking clarifying questions. Yes. To make you realize the error of your ways. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. It's you- like. I'm going to ask clarifying questions to bring out where you were So that instead of me telling you you're wrong, you're going to tell yourself you're wrong. You're going to tell yourself you're, you're wrong, wrong once I walk you into, into the conversation. She don't know what we mean. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Let's All model right. it. All right. Which, which part do you want? Do you want to be the antagonizer or do you want to be... Make me the wrong person. Make you the wrong I, person? Yeah, okay. All right. I'm interested. Um, you're interested? Are okay. you confused too? No, I'm, fun. he does it to me every day. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yes. This is going to be right. fun. So... Um, the Reds are a good baseball team. Um, okay. No, let me try, sorry, the Reds are a bad baseball team. Can we team. talk about something that, that I would even remotely... <laughs> <laughs> just say they are. Okay, you want me to do something different? Gosh, just going off the rails real just fast. Just something real. We just did something real. <laughs> right. And very wrong. Something that we're actually going to disagree on. Something male-female. Yeah. Yeah, gonna... Male-female issue we would disagree on. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Wow. Gosh, we didn't plan for this. Mm-hmm. Male female issue that we're gonna disagree on. Y'all, this is live. <laughs> I know. That's why I, I feel like this was a bad idea. I get it. I get it. I get it. Fine. No, you don't. You don't at all. <laughs> that's just the thing. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> why don't you take the other one then? Okay. So, um, you're a man. You're a, you're a married man. You have children. You're never babysitting your kids. That's not babysitting. That's just watching your kids. This was really easy for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God, I feel attacked. That's not true. When I come home from work, I spend time with the kids. Okay, so you're watching your own kids. Yes, I'm spending time with the kids, so I, I, I do babysit our kids. 
But babysitting implies that they're not your children. But, but they are my kids, so, so I'm watching my kids. Exactly. There you Did go. you see what just happened? <laughs> no? It didn't come together yet? You, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't, don't. It, it works better when someone's blatantly wrong. Like, like it has to be something like just a blink. Um, okay, so all white people are racist. No, they're not. That's well, the that's white not true. Well, right. This is why the example is, is easier to get there. Um, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Um, well, the white people that I've met have all called me a nigger. But you've met me and I've never called you that. Don't get it yet? Okay. Where were you going with that? Where so were you he's going trying. with that? So we're just trying not to tell you. Not particular conversation, but where were you going with the whole... Having you keep asking questions until the person. I'm, I'm talking about you can't evangelize and antagonize. So even if I'm talking to somebody about the, I, I've, I've, and I'm bad about doing this specifically online with people, right? If I'm trying to say the gospel says this, and I say it over and over and over, and they don't get it, I will walk them down a path to make them answer that themselves. Well, what's wrong with that? It's not. I don't think that's. I don't see that as antagonistic. I see that as educational. But the fact that you assume, because it starts with the, with the assumption that you are right and that there is nothing wrong with whatever your viewpoint is. So it starts from the assumption that I'm not trying to understand Michelle. I'm trying to educate Michelle because her viewpoint is wrong. So my end game. So is to educate you. Right. Well, that's not every conversation. Sometimes it's every conversation. Yeah, it went off my head. Yeah, so it's not saying it's every conversation. So he just like sometimes people have bad intentions. It's not to get to know you. It's not to understand your perspective. Oh, okay. I guess I don't understand that because I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to do that. Like, well, I'm, I'm not condescending like Grant. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. And I'm not, and I'm not always trying to be. You know what I mean? Okay. But, but Maybe that's why I didn't text you back. I think that's why I didn't text you back. I didn't understand it. Between that you can't evangelize and antagonize? Yeah, I didn't understand. That's why I didn't okay. text back. So that's not true. You can't bully, some, you can't bully somebody into Jesus. You're not yes. going to bully your way and, oh, no, no, and no. walk someone to a corner and be like, ha, you were wrong. <laughs> Except Jesus. And what it said to me is, is like, I'm, it, okay. when someone disagrees with me on something that I'm passionate about, that I, I truly believe the scripture is affirming, uh-huh. that I, I can't fathom that they can't understand that. I okay. can't fathom that somebody isn't willing to sit in that space with me. Your eyebrows are doing that thing again. But he, he can't sit in that space with me. People are going to start looking at me. <laughs> so confused right now. But here's what I'm trying to say is why that spoke to me, why God spoke to me through that is my argument, my argumentative nature isn't going to bring somebody to Christ. True. That's what it is. And so oh, okay. that's where I'm going with all this. Like with you and me, <laughs> thanks for acting like you understand. Uh, <laughs> but like you and I, right? When we're, when we're talking about these things, <laughs> when we're talking about these things, Michelle, you're not. You and I are not antagonizing one another, right? Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, speak for me. I meant to say that. Yes, I'm not antagonizing you. <laughs> but what 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 we were talking about earlier uh-huh, uh-huh. to some people feels like antagonizing mm. one another like when you and I had this discussion weeks back when I would say something you would ask a clarifying question mm-hmm. which I even though that intimidated me I knew you weren't antagonizing me because mm-hmm. I know your heart mm-hmm. folks when I do that with other folks who don't know my heart it comes off as antagonizing when I do it I'm not saying you did but I'm saying for me, it does. And so I get nowhere. I get nowhere to the end game of sharing God's love and grace because I stopped it because I got in an argumentative nature that ended that conversation before it got anywhere. It sounds like there, this other person or this other party in this, this evangelizing antagonistic conversation loses the responsibility to step up to education. I think that's what I'm hearing. I could be wrong, but it sounds like there is this um, blanket of 
of uh, irresponsibility. Yes, there's two sides of this story, and mm-hmm. this is what we're talking about. There's two sides of this story. So on the on the one hand, it tends to be majority culture putting the onus on minority culture that they need to tone tone down their shine. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it that way, but like tone down their quote unquote aggression is how majority culture tends to label that when a black person is expressing themselves. A white person expressing themselves in the same way would be called passionate or a great debater. Mm-hmm. But when a black person expresses themselves in the same way, they're called bitter, mm-hmm. angry, ignorant. ignorant. They don't know how to control their emotions. <laughs> they're called uncivilized. And I think that's the point that you're making. On the one hand, it sounds like, oh, so... You are feeling aggressed, and so I need to change my behavior to make you more comfortable. But you don't need to educate yourself on my culture um, to get a bigger backbone and understand I'm not yelling at you right now. Like, so those are the two things. But so both people can change. Both people can be like, all right, I'm engaging a white. (laughs) This is hard, though, because (laughs) it's like Hmm. this is where I I struggle because it's like. Okay, so now I have to completely change my body language, my tone, and we do this every day at work. And we already talked about this on the prior episode, is we have to change our body language, our tone, we have to tone down our shine so that we do not intimidate white folks. But also, you know, this is a male-female problem. Hmm. Because females have this issue in the workplace. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Where when we start talking to men about our truths, Men are like, oh, you need to calm down. You must be on your period. Mm. (laughs) Okay? Like, it's hard for men when females start taking up space in the room and being challenged by female voices. Like, then suddenly they're intimidated and, like, and suddenly, oh, she's being... Oh, and then when we're black, we get, like, a, a a quadruple whammy. And I think that's what I struggle with is what you're saying. So the exact example that you're giving with male and female I feel like that's the way I've experienced some white people when I talk about this you want me to tone down that but if it were a white person talking to you another white person about an issue it would be completely fine but because of the color of my skin you have an issue with my passion but I'm talking like the I'm exam- talking about what her sure. example mm-hmm. better yet if we were white males you may not have been offended or intimidated her reaction so what are we saying then about like the example i'm giving is me doing that and i'm a white male mm-hmm. i realize it when you do it right so i'm talking about me needing to tone it down i'm not talking about a black female needing to tone it down. i see where you're coming from just, on that just, so we're just talking about like both sides so it's like on the one hand it's hard because one person might be asked to tone it down but it's like, why should I have to tone it, tone it down to make you more comfortable when you're only uncomfortable because of your, your implicit bias? So, so somebody in this conversation has to give. Yes. This is where we're going. I, not necessarily. That's my question. I, mean, I, don't, I think yes. both people can give. That's why I understand because if, we, but if we're think, saying that. But in every conversation, both people won't give. Right. So, and I guess that was my struggle here is, is if we're saying, okay, why should you as a black woman have to subside your passion mm-hmm. for me to hear mm-hmm. then like I get that but at, like I guess playing devil's advocate on, on this even though I might not be 100% at all agreement of this you're asking me to give everything at the same time does that make any sense what do you mean give everything at the same time maybe everything's too harsh of a word but like you're how am I trying to say this like if, I, if I'm saying if you're saying my don't, I shouldn't have to submit my passion to you for you to understand. Like, what? Wh- how do we meet in the middle? What I does that look you, like? I think you receive me, I receive you, and then we talk about how we received each other, which is exactly what happened that day. Mm-hmm. That day, I received you, you received me, and today we're talking. Well, we talked about it, but today yeah. we hashed it out a little bit more, and we still received each other. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's where the problem is, is people don't want to receive each other because then you're faced with your own brokenness. Mm. Our conversation just in that moment, I was faced with my brokenness and you were faced with your brokenness. Mm. But the reality is if neither one of us believe we have brokenness, then we're not going to meet in the middle. Mm. We need to be prepared to face with each other's brokenness, which is back to the point, be willing to be offended. So I'm going to interject John John 3.30, and this is just like what came to mind. And it says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Um, and, I mean, it, it goes on from there, but I think that's just the main point, right? So, for us to be able, for like, to put Jesus toward the center, for us to get to a point we both have to be willing, and this is where Christianity comes into play when we're having these, these discussions about race. On both sides, we both have to be willing to decrease, so that we can put Jesus forward. Right? Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. And so that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that but that's what I'm saying. More often than not, we put our egos first. Mm-hmm. Like you, like Hunt was just mm-hmm. saying, when you get offended, you become defensive. And at the moment there needs to be some training around that. At the moment I become defensive is or at the moment I become offended is the moment I need to become compassionate mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. And in that moment I get to see because in that moment, even though you were saying something that was literally kind of like um, boxing, we were boxing in mm-hmm. that moment, um, but spiritually we were releasing each other. Mm-hmm. So physically we were boxing, but spiritually we were releasing each other. And that's the moment of transition that has to happen. I think that can only happen in the context of the church mm-hmm. uh, because the only way that's going to happen if, if not that we're looking at each other and pointing at each other, but we're pointing at the cross. That's yeah. the only way that that's going to be able to get hashed out is we're pointing at the cross, not each other. Um, but I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't see that happening. And I guess for me, that's where I struggle with the most. I'm willing to be compassionate at the moment I get offended. But I can't say that that's true for other people that I've had this conversation with. That at the moment you get offended, you're not willing to be compassionate. And in that moment, you were offended Mm -hmm. but you became compassionate i don't receive that from other white people that i talk to about race so when you when you're offended you said you become compassionate Mm -hmm. are you that way with everybody i like to think that i am i like to think that i am um but when that person isn't the same then how i look at that becomes differently Mm. so if you wouldn't have been if you wanted me to see your point of view but you didn't want to see mine that that changes the conversation because you would are offended but you weren't willing to be compassionate either so it's like well what's the point you want to be met halfway but you don't want to meet halfway Mm. that changes it (laughs) <laughs> that is it, so it, but, hard. But that's what that's why I shut down conversations with mm-hmm. certain white people because you want to be met halfway. You want to be heard. You want someone to 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 receive all of this that you're pouring out. But the moment I go to pour my cup, you turn your cup over. Mm. Mm. And we're not going to get anywhere. Mm. And that's hurtful. It's very hurtful when you try to have a conversation with someone, especially when you don't feel like you've said or done anything wrong. Mm. Hmm, so where do we go from here? What? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Why is she the one that stirs everything up? Like, like. Because we, we, that's how you doing it. Look, hey, um, that's not Word. even fair. Really? Word. Word. <laughs> hey. I feel like there's like a lot of vulnerability coming this way. This like, is good. Hold on. Like I'm pointing to Michelle oh. and I. But this stream isn't like going anywhere else. That's because there's only there's, there's three points. <laughs> you know what? So what I do want to it's hard, it's, hard for, it's hard for the stream to go to, to flow three different directions. And how streams work. I, I do want to bring up down. a point that one of my um, one of my friends who one of my good friends she's a, she's she's white, and uh, we have great conversations. Um, and one of the things that she shared when asked why just talking about when the question is why does talking about race matter one of the things that she says that she was hesitant to talk about race is because it was new Hmm. it was new it was new to her and so now she's in a state where i don't know if i would necessarily say she's full-blown comfortable but she's she's definitely comfortable enough that she has brought some of her issues with um either the way she's experienced black people or just 
stuff she doesn't know but to her and, and I value that you know hey Michelle you know I struggle with talking about this because it's just new mm-hmm. I don't know that you know I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that I get that so what what do you say to that I get it I mean how does it become old and no longer new when you empathize because I think that I don't think it ever becomes old like race for me will never become old because I don't I don't live it you know what I mean like I don't I don't live it in a way that it affects my life because of the relationships I have with others right so like I it doesn't affect my life to where if I'm driving home late at night I have to worry about anything or if a cop pulls me over I have to worry about anything or you know if I go for a job interview I when I show up and they see what I look like it impacts anything like race doesn't affect me in that way and so it's absolutely a new thing for many of us who didn't and haven't made that choice to surround ourselves with folks who live in that every day. And so it's a, it's a very difficult conversation to have when it doesn't directly affect your life. Um, I can add to this saying um, I think the mistake that white folks make is they feel like they can't contribute to the conversation of race because of what you just said. Um I've had no experiences mm-hmm. around race because it doesn't negatively affect me yeah. personally. But, you know, white folks need to understand that um, it's not that we need you to have a race story to engage in that conversation. It's totally okay for you to come to the table and say, this is my, um, this is my experience on race. It's that I haven't, I haven't had any. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't want white folks to feel like because they may or may not have racial quote-unquote experiences in that way that they don't have anything to bring to the race conversation Mm -hmm. your story your life story is an experience in itself and you should never like even and even if your story is well i've had no negative experiences this has been my life this is how i grew up that's a story and that's a piece of the conversation and I want to add to that. You you and I have talked about this. Who? You, you Grant, and oh, I. Okay, <laughs> I was you. confused. You and I have had this conversation before, and you were like, you said the exact same thing you just said. I'll never understand, you know. I want to share two scriptures, um, and I want to dissect them based on the way that I've heard them and seen them. The first one is 2 Corinthians 5.21, which says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The other one is Hebrews 4.15, which says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. And so when I hear you say that, or I hear white people say that, the reality is, is the more you stand in the gap, you start to understand what we feel. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to put on my skin color in order to see what I feel. Mm-hmm. Because then the moment you start standing in the gap, because you start... You start advocating mm-hmm. like us yep. and for us, you start to receive the backlash like us. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, this is this is a parallel that I see in this scripture is that even though Jesus never sinned, the fact that he stepped, he stood in the gap and took on the cross like he had sinned, mm-hmm. he felt the weight of what the power of sin, which equal death would do. Yes. So in that in that space, no, you may never experience being pulled over and having that feeling but you can have that feeling of what it's like for someone to then charge at you because you're standing up for a cause even though Mm -hmm. it doesn't look like well and that's what i think what i was trying to say was when i said empathize right like i will never understand the being pulled over or anything like that but as i as i get into relationship with folks who have and who do and have experienced those things, I can empathize in a way that I never could before. But how do you get, how does that empathy come about? Because, and, and please, what I've seen mm-hmm. is is that empathy comes about because you then start speaking up like us. Yeah, absolutely. So, which tells me one of the ways that people can begin to identify with us and have an identifying factor is be like Jesus, feel the weight of it. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you understand it. Like, the word is very clear. We don't serve a high priest who can't understand what we're going through, which means in order to understand what someone is going through, you have to put yourself in a position to go through it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But but I think what it is is because 
white folks have not had those experiences, that's where it ends for so many of them. Us. For so many of us. Um, is that when when we get to that point... Um, why are you laughing? We all got it. What would you catch? <laughs> <laughs> so when, when what I mean by that is that when we say we've never had those experiences... What, what we're saying is that, okay, because I've never had those experiences, I can't understand, right? But because, y'all making this hard for me to get through this thought right now, but because the, I've sat in a place where I have stood in that gap, stood in that gap alongside you, not just spiritually, but in the flesh, stood in that gap beside you. Like, in, what, what, what you're saying is exactly right. Until we as white folks... Are willing to do that we won't have that story and that's what I was trying to say is until you get to a place where you can start to empathize and feel the pain and you can feel the folks that you thought you that you considered brothers and sisters in Christ coming at you for that that's when you start to understand it as a white at least for me as a white individual not ever feeling the injustice personally but feeling it in a different way when mm-hmm. I stood in that with you. Because the injustice that I have felt hasn't been pulled over, hasn't mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. Uh, by the police or anything like that. It has been by my brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you can also can you, access the... I'm sorry. No, I just want to ask a question. Can mm-hmm. you make a call to love right now? What you said was amazing. And what you said has has power when action is put behind it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like putting your faith where you're at, where, what you say. Can you, can you give a call to love to those who don't look like us to be able to, because you're speaking from a place that you've been before and you've seen the mm-hmm. change. Can you make a call to love for those who look like you? Yeah, and I, and I think what, in that call to love, I think what's important for people to understand is to sit in that space doesn't mean you have to go be a part of a march. It doesn't mean you have to go pick it on the um, side of the street. It doesn't mean you have to sign a petition. It doesn't mean you have to go stand in court on somebody's behalf. What that means to me is, is being as a white man or a white individual just in general, it means listening to the heartbreak. And it means sitting in that space in terms of speaking on your behalf. And I think I, I think the, the best example I can give to that, and I know I've shared this before, was what you said to me, Michelle, when we had a conversation about uh, a white brother who wasn't sticking up for you, and what I say to you? Do you remember? I th- I told you, you I. Th- asked me this all <laughs> I know. One day you remember. Go, but, uh, go talk to him uh, yourself. Yeah, I said go 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 talk to him. Go go have that conversation. And your response was, "I'm done having those conversations." That was whether you meant it that way or not. That was your call to love for me. Was asking me to. We do that on your behalf, right? It was to stand in that space and to have that conversation in, on your behalf. And I think that, I think what my call to love would be for, for white folks would be to have those conversations for people of color. To not, to not encourage you to have those conversations as somebody of color, but for me and those who look like me, to go have those conversations on behalf on of behalf. Your people of color yep. and not and not wait to be asked to have it it sounds like paul when he says i urge you dear brothers and sisters is that yep. what you're saying and and yes and what I, I think there has to be a caution with that what's the caution it will cost you everything mm-hmm. it will um and and i think that what what i mean by that is is it, it, it won't i don't mean that as in you're going to say it and you'll lose everything. I mean, the God, once you're willing to say that, once you open your heart to say that and to sit in that space, God's going to put you in positions, um, which we can attest to, where God's going to have you be that person he needs you to be in the space where you have to lay it all at the feet of the cross. And not be worried about a job or a paycheck or a roof or medical insurance or or any of that. And I think that people have to understand that when we call them to love. Like, it's the same thing 
You can turn those pages. You're fine. You're, you've made enough noise over the last two weeks. You're good. moving stone. No, I, I just mean that because people have to understand what that means. People have to understand, and and being a, a follower of Christ, he never said that being a follower of Christ meant that life was going to be easy. Amen. And so when we're when we're running after the gospel, we're running after death. And I mean that because if I'm running after gospel, my end game is not racial reconciliation. My end game is not uh, any of you know the, the eradication of poverty. My end game is the gospel, which is everything. And to get to everything, I have to have nothing. Amen. Wow. Preach. Okay, what you got to say about that, Brian? <laughs> to get to everything, I have to have enough. You just like I'm. You're hearing my pages turn because because there was this verse. Bible. Right, I brought my big Bible. I'm not googling it today. I'm like, <laughs> this is why Google is great. But it's um, Hebrews chapter ten, verse like. It's this funky verse that I came across that I had never read, but. Um, it just stood out to me because it's talking about faith and it's talking about the things that you have to go through as a disciple. But one of the things was God bringing to mind these like these these days that you went through. And it says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, mm. partly while you were made a spectacle, mm. <laughs> both by reproaches and tribulations, mm. and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated for you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven and like what you were saying just made me think of that I was like do you and it's just so funny that the way they worded it like when God's like Remember back in the days when, like, I was just making a complete spectacle out of you. Like, when you were just going through it and you were just made a fool in front of everybody and you was going through every kind of trial and tribulation. Like, that invitation to be willing to put yourself out there and look a fool. Like, that's what I thought of. (laughs) What made you do that? What made you do that? Is there a particular instance that made you do that? Made me do what? Become want to become halfway like the gap you guys are talking about you standing in that gap oh it's the day she said that to me yeah i said that over and over it was the day that she called me out on that it that was like everything that like starting from the moment that we had the discussion about hunt's hair and undivided like it all of that culminated in the moment that we had that discussion because then i understood in a way i had never never had anybody say that to me before and that like the the question always in my mind was what could i do to 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 impact something that is has a generational stronghold on families Mm -hmm. and and generational strongholds seemed like a massive undertaking Mm -hmm. but standing in the gap seemed like something i could do oh so Mm -hmm. you you made it tangible you know god's speaking through you in that moment Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't have to be me ending racism. Mm. It had to be me standing in the gap for you so a person who was who was perpetuating racism saw the error in their ways. Mm. That's all it was. Mm. And in doing so, that could have ramifications for that individual's family lineage for generations to come. Mm. Yes. Mm. Is that a good place to end? Yeah, I think so. Unless we want to go around and say what we're going to do. So Grant had his challenge for. for what are you doing? <laughs> Grant had his challenge Meditating. to white folks to to uh, see how you can stand in the gap for a person of color this week. And what what would we like to? We want to add anything to that, or are we just gonna sign signing off? Petra Hostel, I, like I will we, see you I next feel, week. I feel like we have to now that you've taken us down that route. Why don't you start us, Petra? Um, well, just because of the how can I decrease so other people can increase, I guess you know the, what I'm going to be thinking about this week is 
um, just how can I give more grace in those conversations? Like, how can I just be more aware of maybe um, whoever I'm engaging? Like, how can I be more aware and more compassionate of the person that I'm engaging in the conversation? I can think about that. Show. Do you want me to go? Of course you do. Oh. Well, you already went. It's only for I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Hold on. I, got... <laughs> well, you I knew you were going to say that. Let me share. Maybe this is, since I've already went. I'm sorry to mean to do that. Like, You're like, abusive. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> she hit you hard. I'm sorry. Anyways, what I'll say then real quick is that while we've been, while we've talked throughout this whole last hour, um, I go, I'm going back to that conversation that we had at the very, very beginning. And you can unroll your eyes. Um, I'm gonna keep calling you out if you're gonna do stuff like that. I'm gonna make it a, make the listeners aware of what you're doing. Everybody, everybody, everybody looking at my facial expressions when I talk to them. But here's 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 what I'm thinking. Now you're gonna be stuck like this whole time. Woke. Anyways, try not to move your face. Woke. Try not to move any eyebrow. Oh my god! Like I got Botox. Yes, Grant. (laughs) This episode's never gonna end. It's not. I'm trying to have a a, a serious. I'm trying to say something serious here. We're trying to get you to edit it. (laughs) Anyways, Michelle, what I'm trying to say is that going back to the conversation that we had at the very beginning of this, and then I went to um, can't evangelize and antagonize. Mm -hmm, I'm thinking about how it is that I am talking with people who disagree with me. And even what I'm no- what I'm noticing now that I'm talking through that. Michelle, do you know what I'm what I'm saying? What is it? What is it? If you tell me. I'm right now she's not even so looking at you. Oh talking like talking to people like Adam's family values. <laughs> Talking with the back of her head is what she's doing right now. What I'm saying is that when I talk about race with people, I find myself sounding like you. And I mean that as a positive thing. I mean that as I... I, The discussion we're having... We're not even going to get through this, are we? This is too late at night for us to talk about this. The passion is coming through what I'm saying. Is all I'm trying to say. Say hello, Grant. (laughs) <laughs> you enjoy that pizza, Petra. <laughs> no, we haven't had Michelle's. We're still waiting on this. Wrap us up, Michelle. I don't know how to take that. Grant has two kids. He doesn't know what wrap up means. I have one, two on the, one on the way. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, <laughs> as I'm sitting here thinking. Um, I'm very quick Uh, I was going to go to school to be a lawyer so I'm very quick with my thoughts Um, and I'm very I listen quickly too Um, like tennis almost Um, so and it's not even just in racial conversations I'm just naturally quick with with any conversation Um, so I guess why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is so fun. Oh my goodness. I uh, being being patient. Being patient. But that doesn't mean I won't still give you the truth. I'll I'll be patient. I can be true. Being I, patient doesn't mean not being passionate, right? Say that again? Slow oh, to speak. Um, I said slow being to speak is a virtue. I said being patient doesn't mean not being passionate. But I think that can go into a whole other podcast. But I think <laughs> some people mistake that, mm-hmm. mistake the fact that they don't want the truth sometimes, and so you use a different cover to mask it by calling it something else. I know that that's not you, but that's something that I've experienced mm-hmm. before. You call it something else so that you don't call it what it really is. So with that being said, that's on that person. And I'm very confident in who I am in Jesus. I'm very confident. So I'm not going to shrink back, as Paul would say. I'm not going to shrink back from the gospel. Um, Now, in that, can I be patient in the affliction of this conversation? Um, But, Petra, why did you do that? (laughs) 
Sorry, y'all. Um, so, yeah, I, I won't shrink back from the gospel, but I think that there is an error that I could work on mm-hmm. to be patient in when listening to someone. All right. <laughs> well, that's going to, before Petra derails this anymore, that's going to be the end of our ninth episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, for just, you know, sticking in with us. This and, is what we do on and, that and off was, the air. Well, and, and the thing, too, is that I'm. it'll be interesting to go back and listen to this yeah. afterwards. How long? I'm Are thinking we that. Right now? No, we're on. Oh. I think the last. You're doing great today. Um, I think the last <laughs> hour and five minutes is going to be a, a difficult listen for the audience. I do. I think that. And not in terms of it being like a bad. <laughs> a bad recording or anything. What I mean that is, and there's a lot of tough things. Like think about look at where we started this podcast and it ending with Petra shoving pizza in her mouth and chomping on the podcast mic. So we'll see if anyone here. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for real this time. Signing um, out. Go ahead. Why don't you end us, Petra? Go ahead. You've Thank you for listening to the JTJ. We'll see you next week.